Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Kester Dorowski. And I'm Andrew Dorowski. And today we are joined by Brad. Welcome. Hey guys, how you doing? Why don't you uh, introduce yourselves to our listeners? Or yourself. Sure. Uh... To our listeners. <laughs> this, yeah, that's that's where the plural goes. <laughs> Hey everybody, uh, my name is Brad Mendenhall. I am uh, part of uh, Geppetto Studios. Uh, our main show is the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast. Uh, it's a pop culture show where we talk about movies, comics, TV shows, pretty much anything that we feel like. And our first spin-off production is Army of Darkness Minute, where we, me and my partner Ryan talk about the 1992 Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell classic, Army of Darkness and it has been a lot of fun doing the minute-by-minute minute stuff, so much that I wanted to talk about pretty much uh, any cool movie out there. So when I had the chance to join uh, these guys, I was uh, very excited. I jumped at it. So thank you guys so much for having me. We are we are glad to have you. I didn't know you were with uh, Geppetto as as your uh, your network, so we'll definitely need to have you back when we get to Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. But right now we're still on Snow White, and you get uh, you get kind of a mixed week this mm. week. There's some not the best minutes that have ever been discussed uh, one minute at a time, but also some really great ones towards the end mm-hmm. of the week. But we are we are looking forward to the discussion with you. It's it's fun stuff, and what I liked about these minutes, and of course we're going to get deeper into it, a lot of real old timey humor, and uh, I, I I forgot how much uh, I enjoyed. Funny sleeping and funny snoring humor. And there's a lot of that in these minutes. Yes. A, a full array. Yes. Well, uh, today we are covering minute 61, which starts off with Snow White saying dreams uh, to finish her line uh, of well, pleasant dreams. And it ends with Grumpy glaring at a pot that he just spat at that sputtered and hissed back at him. I thought it was... Um, a log. It might have been a fire. log. I, 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 like, it's kind of... It's off-screen. Yes, it's off-screen and kind of not, like, clear what he is spitting at or into. Yeah. Uh, my, my first note is just that it, as this minute transitions from the end of the minute at the end of last week, uh, it's kind of, it seems like a different look for Snow White... And I want to say it's it's a little bit cuter than usual. Like yeah. it's a, it's a really cute, um, not necessarily childlike, but like a simplified Snow White. It, it seems like it's not quite as detailed as some of them. It's yeah. a little more cartoony and and cuter is yes. the term I came you, up with for it. Do you think they sort of adjust her look throughout the movie, where when she's interacting with the Queen or the other sort of human, more photorealistic-looking characters. They make her a little bit more realistic-looking, but when she's interacting more and more with the the dwarves, they decide to, it's like, okay, let's cute and cartoon her up so there isn't that much of a... So it isn't as jarring when she's interacting with them. I, I think definitely. Um, we've talked about it with the animals as well, that there's different sections where they are more or less cartoony um, versus realistic. And so I think there is a spectrum, but in her case, it's a it's a fairly narrow spectrum. Um, I'd say this is probably about as cartoony as she will look, and and 
probably at the beginning of the film when she's in the castle would be the most um, realistic that she looked. Because she's in a realistic kind of setting at that point. Yeah, and and one hundred percent of her interactions are realistic. The the birds in that sequence are more realistic than the birds we get at the cottage and things like that. So yeah, I I think there's definitely a spectrum to it. And even if it's subconscious, um, just and the fact that they're drawing the dwarfs in these sequences rubs off on them drawing Snow White in these same sequences. I don't know if it is subconscious or not, but part of it also with each scene, it depends on how early on they were, um, they did that scene because then they're just beginning to transfer from the silly symphonies cartoon style. Yeah, yeah their style is a changing. More realistic and more differentiated uh, style with Snow White. Well, I'm glad it's at least it's a subtle difference as opposed to, I think, one of the most jarring moments from a, a Disney cartoon animated film. Uh, I'm thinking of Aladdin when they're singing A Whole New World, and I'm wondering if you guys remember this, where uh, Aladdin and Jasmine, they're flying on the carpet for the first time. They're singing a song, and there's all these... You, you see the animals, they're flying through birds, and as they're flying by the birds, there's one... All the birds look normal, and then there's one dark, dopey, cartoonish-looking bird, and I was like, whoa, what the heck is that? <laughs> I've, I've never noticed it. Just, it. Oh, it's been it, a while since I've seen Aladdin, so... It's definitely not, like... A real big scene. Uh, I think it was the problem of me being having too much of a mindset to do stuff like this, where you, you <laughs> yeah, tear everything apart. Analyzing we, we, We've noticed that as we've watched other movies, especially Disney movies, after the, we yeah, started we, this. Yeah, we pick uh, a lot of different things. <laughs> this past weekend, we were watching a Goofy movie, and there were moments we just like had to stop the movie and just talk about something <laughs> that happened in one short moment. But yeah. <clears throat> Um, and, yeah, I think you're, you're right that there are differences, um, to it. And I think it's interesting that this sequence as, um, she's just at the top of the stairs, it feels more cartoony than when she was dancing with the dwarfs. Um, which it, I, I've said it, I think probably at least a dozen times on this podcast, like that sequence where she's dancing with them shouldn't work at all because she's so relatively realistic and they are so very, like the dwarves are so much cartoons still. And somehow that sequence still holds together. But the, the differences in, in animation and like the tone of the animation really shouldn't work together, but somehow it does. It's amazing that this is so early in the animated film process, and it's amazing how well all this stuff worked, and there was no blueprint for them to follow. And yet they're still able to do things like having the subtle differences of animation... Uh, able to pull the music together so much and really be the blueprint that so many movies followed afterwards. So it really isn't. It's so easy to forget this movie is an incredible achievement just because no one thought, you know, there were so many questions of whether they could make something like this work. Yeah, like the the technical um, prowess that they're playing with here is, I'm trying to think of like what it's really comparable to and the... I mean, some of the things that I'm thinking of are like Lord of the Rings, where they were they were incorporating um, digital effects to such a degree, and and they made it work in in a way that holds up really well. Or, you know, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of other examples of you know this technical leap forward that they're doing to to really change the game. The best I can come up with is Jazz Singer, where it was the first time they were really incorporating a lot of sound into a movie for the first time. 
Yeah, that would be a, a good comparison um, from, you know, when they went from silent films to the talkies. Yeah. Um, and, and this is kind of similar to that, where they're saying, hey, we have this, this different element of the medium that we can use, and let's see if we can really make it work. And, I mean, as with all of the transitions like that, it was very skeptical about whether it would work. I mean, the, even even adding sound to the movies was, for a while, I was like, uh, is that going to... Is that going to work out? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, so we're moving on from the first the, the, shot. The, the, the two <laughs> seconds that Snow White is in this week. Yeah, she's, she's not really in this minute. Well, um, everybody brace yourself. This is going to take a while. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it cuts back to the dwarves who have, uh, all except Dopey, been very polite to make sure they were staying at the bottom of the stairs and wishing her goodnight before they jump into action. And then they just don't even care that Dumpy, they're that not Dumpy, Dumpy. Dope, Dopey. I combined, I, I combined Grumpy, Grumpy and, and Dopey. Dopey. Um, they don't even care that Dopey has, like, he's got dibs on that pillow. Uh, Dopey's really just the family dog. They just move him off of whatever they want. It's terrible. It's awful. I mean, he had it, and they just go nuts, and then they destroy it. But right, they ruined it right before, like. So they all say uh, pleasant dreams back to Snow White, and they mm-hmm. bat their eyelashes, and then uh, she closes the door, and they all rush over to to to, to Dopey, the pillow to the pillow, and uh, Bashful is the one that's that's kind of lagging behind at that moment. They all run, and then there's like a sh- short, quick glimpse of Bashful, like seeing that everyone has gone, and then turns around and <laughs> follows them behind. Was he towards the front of the stairs, or was he? He was towards the the back side of the of the group. Yeah. So he's just he's just stuck, <laughs> wishing her pleasant dreams. Yeah. He's being dreamy for a moment. Yeah. Well, he's bashful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before he catches on, and then they all rush to Dopey and with their typical violence towards each other. They're Gosh, they're rough and like grabbing noses and tearing at the pillow. I think there's a little bit of punching that goes into it all. Yeah. And Doc trying to keep everything calm. Remember, share. It's share and share alike. Yeah. Well, this don't is what happens when you have too many dudes living together. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the in the um, the Grimm's version that I have, they uh, say that one person would spend an hour at a time in... So they only gave Snow White one of the beds. And then one of the dwarfs had to spend an hour at a time sleeping alongside one of the other dwarfs, which is just like, that's not a restful arrangement to have to get up every hour and change. But like, it was all just this system to try and not create too much discomfort for any one person for the whole night. Yeah. That's, that's uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. What's, what struck me when they, they, they basically just tackle Dopey, they rip the pillow apart. And the, the thing that makes Dopey, so many, especially my, I have three kids. I have a seven-year-old and twin five-year-olds, and they, they enjoy Snow White, um, which is very cool. And the thing I think the kids love about Dopey is he had the pillow. It was his pillow. They rip it apart. He grabs, like, two feathers, puts, and he's happy as a clam. He's like, well, he has his feathers that he can, and he falls asleep like he got hit with a blow dart, and he just passes out. It's like, eh, that's... That's dope. He's making the best out of a less than ideal situation and w- with a smile. So uh, that's, that's, Which, that's, why, that's why people yeah. like Dopey. 
he's almost channeling happy at that point where he's yes. just like, ah, I'll be content with this feather that I have pulled out of my sleeve. And then like fluffs he, he, it by poking he, he it. He pokes it and it squeaks, squeaks against it. the bench, <laughs> which I don't know what kind of squeaky feather they've got. But, um, I also noted that it's, um, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know how common it is in animation. It's one of those things we don't pay attention to, but the feathers explode all over the screen and then they just settle away and then they're gone. Like they, they just disappear Yeah. and they're not on the floor in any of the other shots. They just like, they've literally just fallen off and, the and film. Dopey's feather disappears too. Yeah. When we come back to him. And it's just one of those elements of um, animation that we kind of let slide where it's like, well, shouldn't, like, there should be feathers all over that floor now for every other scene we have. But yeah, it's yeah. just gone, and they, they... No, they just float away. The artists definitely don't want to draw feathers for the next ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, somebody had to draw the, the animation cells for that cloud of feathers. Yeah. That's a lot of feathers that they had to draw and then coordinate. Probably took them... A while to like oh, at least goodness. a week, probably a to one. make sure that and they then, got everything. And then inked and, and painted then, for yeah. all of those feathers too. What a oh man! I had never thought about like what a pain that must have been to do all <laughs> of those feathers because it fills the entire screen. Yeah, it does. Oh I, boy, I've been lucky enough to like have friends of friends uh, who who've worked in animation, and it, it is just. A dreary task. It's so satisfying. It's like running a marathon. You're so proud of yourself and um, so happy at the end of it because of the sense of accomplishment. But in the middle part, you're just you're just hating life because it, it, you're right. It's days upon days of drawing feathers flying, and then you know, heaven forbid, if something doesn't go right, and then you have to scrap so much because everything's interconnected. So yeah, the, 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 I, I'm sure somebody like left work at the end of the month just hating feathers and never wanted to see another again. <laughs> <laughs> probably I-, I believe it yeah i mean it's gotta be tough to to maintain your sanity with some of those situations yeah. hopefully they had another assignment they could do like five pages of feathers and they do one page of drawing something else <laughs> just to just to break it up a little bit uh and then it cuts to after dopey fluffs the feather it cuts to upstairs where we get at, like a pan from the window to snow white as she's praying Yes. Uh, and in in my Grimm's version, that se- that segment is referred to. She committed herself to heaven and then went to bed, which I thought was an interesting way to phrase it. Huh? That's a nice turn of phrase. That is a nice turn of phrase. It, it's so crazy, and you, you look from it from a modern twenty seventeen perspective. Can you imagine going to see my wife just took my kid, my oldest to see Boss Baby, and you know we always see the Pixar movies as soon as they come out. Can you imagine going to a movie today and there being a, a, a segment where one of the characters from Inside Out is praying? That just wouldn't happen anymore. Yeah, it's it's very unusual, or it's played as a gag. Um, you know, like somebody's about to to settle into eating their dinner, and someone's like, "Oh, uh, we're gonna say a prayer," and it's like this interruption uh, yeah. to the system. Right. But in this case, they're like. We're not going into, like, this whole big thing. It's just, like, here she is. She's going to say, like, five words and then amen. And, you know, you know, it it fits into uh, a Christian time period. And it, it matches the Grimm's version that I have, you know, that she, she would say a prayer and everything. And it's just a simple little thing. And then she goes to bed. And I think it, it 
kind of illustrates just Snow White's character as being this, you know, consistent, good, and and by her own choice, consistently good person. Um, you know, she comes in, she cleans, and she prepares dinner and everything, and then she prays and goes to bed. It's, you know, she is kind of an, an archetype of goodness. Yeah, that, that's yeah. really her superpower. That and, you know, this beautiful, pure, virginal beauty, but it's, she's not especially clever, she's not a, a great warrior, it's just she's a, a, a through-and-through good human being, and having that is what helps her survive all, everything, because, she, hey, she, she charms Grumpy, for goodness sakes. <laughs> she's so uh, pure and lovable and good that, you know, she can even, uh, you know, charm the, the uncharmable. And, uh, you know, this is, it is just a part of that. And, you know, she's so good that she just makes sure to pray. But also, like, at the end of the prayer, she makes sure to give a little extra time. It's like, hey, and also, I want to make Grumpy like me. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that addition to the prayer. Like, she's done. And then she's like, oh, wait, I want Grumpy to like me. He seems really upset, and I want him to like me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's a really nice little ending to the that scene. And then it cuts straight to Grumpy, and I wonder, like, his reaction says, that is, woman. is it is it a reaction to him hearing her say that, or do you think he's just, they're just cutting to it, and it's like, she wants Grumpy to like her, and then it just cuts to him, and he's like, I'm never gonna like her. Yeah, I, I wondered if it was that he heard her, or if he was, like, still grumpy about not being able to be in his own bed. Or, 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 like, Which, being grumpy it all fits with her, him. or whatever it is. But... Like, I don't know. I mean, that's all consistent with Grumpy's attitude. Agreed. So it could be any of it. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's true. It, it just seemed like, and that's just him. He's just going to grumble about her and everything. It's, that's really the character. And uh, goodness knows, I, I think we've all known or worked or you know, been related to someone like Grumpy who just doesn't matter, going to be miserable. And this is a situation, it's, a little, it's an inconvenience. It wouldn't have mattered. Whatever would have happened or whatever, how good or bad the situation is, that's eh, just grumpy. He, he's just going to be miserable about it. And uh, he, he becomes a lovable curmudgeon. Yeah, which, I mean, I think they do a great job of making him a little bit lovable in this this grumpiness of his. Um, I mean, I, I much prefer Happy, who is, you know. Happy? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's happy and cheerful no matter what. Like, I don't think he's, you know, any bit more upset to be in a, in a cupboard this week than he would be to be in his bed. Um, but grumpy would have, you know, been grumpy either way. I don't think he's any worse off either, but they do manage to like toe the line where he's not truly unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's just like, uh, well, he's grumpy. He's just a little bit, you know, he's just that guy who's always going to complain about everything, but he's not really ruining everything. Yeah, he's not that negative character that you just don't want in the film or book or whatever. There, you like he he adds to the film, and even with his grumpiness, he's he's a fine character. Yeah, and he, I mean, he puts up with a lot without becoming significantly more grumpy, which no, is, which is a virtue in its own, in its own way. <laughs> you know, he gets. He gets hassled by the other dwarfs and by Snow White, and he'll smack his nose into a door, and he'll he'll sit in a kettle and try to sleep, and he's not significantly angrier than he is otherwise. 
So you know, there's a resigned quality good. to it. It's like I knew it was going to end up with me in a kettle. So he's actually not that much angrier than he was before because this <laughs> is where he figured he'd be at the beginning anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting how that balances because you'd, you'd think he'd just be worse and worse and worse and worse as things go bad. But he's not. I, they all kind of maintain their status quo with mild fluctuations. Exactly. Uh, that's all the and, notes I got. And then he pulls out a spoon from behind him. <laughs> the spoon. <laughs> and I'm just like, if you were going to get into a kettle, wouldn't you make sure that it was empty first? Also, I assume they washed it after dinner. Yes. Because that's that's the kettle that they had their soup in. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't think they had multiple cauldrons. But yeah, like, you would think that he would just make sure there wasn't any spoons in the kettle before he settled in. And then he pulls it out and says, a fine kettle of fish. Which he said before, I think. I think he said that that phrase some other time as one of his his exclamations of grumpiness. Yeah. Um, Also, now... Is it, it, he spits at the end of this minute or is it, okay, so it's, it's into next minute. So I will save that for tomorrow. Uh, Do either of you have any more notes on today's minute? I'm good. No, I'm good. All right, then, then we'll wrap things up for today and we'll, we'll get things ready for tomorrow. But listeners, we appreciate you, you listening to us. And if you want to hear more of Brad, where, where should they go, Brad? Well, you can find Minute of Darkness. It's on iTunes, um, and uh, all our blank or uh, the mother website is www.cosmicgeppetto.com. You can find out more about Minute of Darkness and our uh, the podcast, the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. Uh, love for you to check it out. It's a uh, it, it's a lot of fun, and uh, you know, thank you guys so much for 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 letting me join you guys this week. Of course, and, and we'll have you back tomorrow. But listeners, if you need to, to reach out to us, we recommend going to Facebook and find the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society, or the Damsels, as we like to call them, where you can find, uh, you know, you can post comments or links or, or references to, to these episodes, and you can get in touch with us there. Uh, most importantly, please come back tomorrow and listen to more of our deep dive into Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Until then, just whistle while you work. <laughs>